Welcome to Tent Talk, the podcast with Nancy McCrady, where we talk about life under the big tent of God's presence and the provoking process of discipleship. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Tent Talk. This is Nancy McCrady. We are continuing in these next few episodes on the butter and the honey. You can get more information on that in Chapter 3 of Watchman Nee's book, The Messenger of the Cross. So take a listen to these episodes, and I pray that you will make the decisions to stay with Jesus throughout all of the opportunities to come in the days, months, and years ahead, that you will be one who finishes strong because you ate the same food that Jesus did. God won't put it in your mouth, my friends, but he does put it within your reach. And out of your freedom, I pray, you'll choose him again and again, and he will mature you, and you will finish your race. To the glory of God, love you all. All right, so here is our last episode on the butter and the honey. And I want to encourage you again today. You know, we are being weaned from lesser loves and inferior graces. Can you picture this being weaned? A baby, when it's time for milk, it's fantastic. (laughs) But there comes a time when the child is being weaned from the milk so that they can begin to eat what we oftentimes call what? Table food, right? The table of our father. And so when it's time to be weaned, Uh, from certain things uh, within our life. It's time uh, for uh, a different kind of food. I'm also, though, of the belief that if the milk we've been on uh, is the milk of God, it creates an appetite in us at the right timings of our growth and development for the meat of God. But we want to be weaned uh, most definitely from things that are lesser loves. Like maybe you love ministry, maybe you love this. You love things of God, but my friends, those are not our real love. Um, our love is Him. We, we want to definitely be weaned uh, and completely cut off from inferior graces. Uh, Diedrich Bonhoeffer writes in his book, The Cost of Discipleship, he writes about cheap grace grace that somehow keeps you able to sin, sinning. (laughs) It's like just because you know you're forgiven. So my challenge always is, friends, if you're not a sinner any longer by nature, why are you trying so hard to keep sinning? So that's like maybe another episode. My friends, we come into the introduction to grace, uh, but we must persevere and continue on abide and remain with him as he takes us into the fullness of grace, the maturing of grace, right? Because grace is the rich. It's the butter. It's the very ability of God himself inside of us to live like him, not to keep sinning, (laughs) but to live, right? This is why in Hebrews 12, it says, uh, let's make sure that we're embracing the discipline of God so that we can live, Right, so, so all of these things we begin to realize the Bible is not all these different topics. Uh, it's all, it all flows together. So I'm going to suggest to you that today is a very good day to decide that you are loved and wanted. 
right? We've got to come to a place that we stop demanding of others to keep proving their love to us. I would say to you, even we've got to stop telling God that he needs to prove one more time that he, that he loves us. Now he will, this is amazing, but it ought not be that we keep demanding of him because there's an old saying, you know, to, from an ungrateful heart that no matter how much someone has done for them, they're basically like, well, what have you done for me lately? Right. It's just, so, so we don't want to live, right. Constantly determining whether God loves us or not by the events or lack of events in our life. If you are going to always define uh, God's love for you based on what's going on around you, what happens in the world, how could God let this happen, right? Then I need to say to you, um, you need to know Christ and Him crucified by the Holy Spirit's technicolor panoramic release of revelation to you. You will never question again the love of God. What else does God need to do? Now, He will. God is going to love us right, in ways that will blow your mind, that are so specific to you, so meaningful to you, that no one else would even know that that would mean something to you. But my friend, that's because of who he is. That's not going to be because you demand it. And you are not going to fare well, my friends, in the days ahead if you constantly determine God's love for you based on events, based on feelings, right? That's why he weans you from the felt sensory aspects of your life with him and starts to really compliment you and honor you and restore dignity to you by weaning you from all the sensory, meaning the felt love of God, into the deep knowing of the love of God. This is a sign to you that you're maturing is you may not be able to feel it or sense it. He's leading you into the place where you will know. Because no matter what goes on inside of you or around you, you must mature into the place where you are confident. No, I know that He loves me. I don't judge that based on things that are going on because I know Him. And I know this word gnosko. I have deep, personal, intimate knowledge of what's happened between uh, he and I in the secret place. It's a knowing that I can't even describe. It's what the men and women of the scripture, it's what they had. That's why they could persevere through anything and not trip and fall uh, because they couldn't remember whether God loved them or not. 1 John 4, I want to say somewhere between 16 and 19, John says, we have come to know this love he cherishes for us. That's why they lived the way they did. My friends, we need no less than what Jesus lived in and what the early church lived in. So today's a very good day to decide that you are loved and wanted. It's always been true before the foundations of the world. And it's because Jesus knew this love, this grace, this butter, this honey, this is how Jesus knew how to discern between that which was temporal and that which was eternal, that which was of the world and that which was of his Father. Because 1 John 2.16 says that the the lust of the uh, flesh, the lust of the eye and the pride of life, these are not of the Father. Right? Hmm. This is where the sons of God, we will not fall prey to the Esau syndrome that 
is mentioned in Hebrews 12 in the Message Bible, where it says that Esau forfeited his birthright for a temporary appetite, where he took the bowl of stew, if you will, looking for those sons that will be able to tell the world, keep your bowl of stew. I don't need what you have. I have what my Father has for me. And that is what's going to enable us to step into the world and to speak of the Father to the world and to speak of Jesus, right? To preach the gospel is because we will have a true love, not of the world, but for the world that comes from our Father. You see, in our days ahead, my friends, temptations will be greater. Dangers will be multiplied. Deceptions will be deepened. Satan is going to offer you many options. And trust me, the more you're with God, um, his options are going to fall more in the category of the good of man, the good things. God wants you blessed, you know. Look at how hard you work for God. He, he, he surely owes you this and that. My friends, Satan is... Um, defeated, but you're going to have to have a healthy respect for the fact that, um, you know, he knows how stupid our flesh is. So you better be in the spirit, waxing (laughs) stronger and wiser in the spirit. I guarantee you the world will appear more gracious by giving you many things. The world system will begin to seduce. But if you know, like Jesus with increasing fervor, the butter and the honey, you will be able to choose the best, which is Him. You will. God is preparing you today for your future by the very decisions you're making today and a massive part of you being able to discern so as to make the decisions that keep you going with the Father is this butter and honey, His love and His grace. You can live like Christ, my friends. This is what they're after. They, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, make it totally possible. So let me pray for you. Father, now I pray that your sons will hear your voice. They will respond to you. You have said yes to them in Christ. May they say amen to you today in the deepest place of of yieldedness to you right, out of who they really are, not as some religious duty. So Holy Spirit, I thank you for your faithfulness and loyalty to the Father and to Jesus, which is what makes you the truest comforter, protector, maturing uh, trainer of the sons. And so I'm trusting you, Holy Spirit, with their lives, that you are the one who pours in the love of the Father. You are the one who reveals and makes real the finished work of Jesus on the cross. You do everything for the sons, Holy Spirit, just like you did for Jesus. You are the promise of our Father. You are the friend, the intercessor. You are the spirit of truth. You are everything to us, and you bring everything to us from the Godhead. So today, Holy Spirit, I ask you to guard and protect the sons as they seek you, as they respond to you, as they receive from you. I trust you with their lives for the glory of God. And in this hour of history, cause us to be sharp, sober, and alert. Feed us what you fed Jesus in the secret place. And I trust you with their lives now. 
and commit them into your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. Until next time. For more information on Nancy, please visit nancymccrady.com or follow her on social media at nbmccrady.com.